Welcome to episode 90 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Steven Stiles. And yes, we are back for yet another episode already. Well, let's just get right into it rather than beating around the bush. Montreal has signed a 30-year-old free agent goaltender by the name of Kashmir Kashkio. I hope I'm doing that name justice. And he seems to have been the perfect backup for Jakob Dabish. And he really seems to have settled the goaltending in the veil. I don't know if that just gives Jakob Dabish a veteran presence that he can kind of bounce things off of, feel comfortable if things aren't going well. A guy that's been around for a while in the AHL and in international hockey that can give him kind of an idea what to expect, maybe a little bit better than other people that he's been playing with. Because, of course, he's been playing with other people kind of in a similar scenario that has been in the U.S. college program and maybe just didn't have the experience to fall back on so maybe that combination was the perfect fit for Jakob Dabish and will really elevate and escalate his development process because he looks like a totally different goaltender since the finish prospect had been signed by the Canadians anyways moving on from that news what is going on with the relentless conversations that Montreal has to acquire talent or young talent from another organization that hasn't quite hit their stride fit in with that organization and Montreal needs to acquire all these people is this just an obsession now because Kirby Doc and Alex Newhook has looked like such great acquisitions by Ken Hughes so now everybody it's like oh well whoever Montreal can get that's 22 years old that was a first or second round pick from another organization Montreal has to get that player for example now with the Arthur Kaliev the right wing from the Los Angeles Kings now being the most recent gotta have player I'm missing something Montreal has also like all other teams in the NHL been drafting has better prospects than most other teams do is one of the top three prospect pools in the entire league why does Montreal need to acquire everybody else's talent I can only gather this is a continuation of the me generation garbage that oh this will elevate and escalate and quicken the development and rebuild process and that's what I want if only only people mattered even irrelevantly that would have some substance it just doesn't the organization has to do what's right and what will bring long-term success to the organization we have hammered that on this show and it just continues to amaze me the amount of people that just want to trade everything away all the draft capital that the team continues to build on acquire and obtain in other trades moving out players that god knows have been able to be and needed to be moved for a long time time everybody just wants to trade all that away and it's like well give me your player that's now 22 years old because i think that's what we need that is not the way to build an nhl keyword here successful long-term organization those are the things that have bitten montreal badly over the last four plus decades why would anybody want to continue that what is the deal with this thought process 
But let's indulge this concept and process for a moment with a little mix of rationality. So there's those people that want to obtain what they feel might be slightly older in the same age group, which will quicken the pace of the development, chemistry, and rebuild of the team. But if that's the goal, how about a trade like this? to the Los Angeles King. You can send Christian Dvorak, Josh Anderson, and Ty Spillane. And with that, you could acquire the Russian right winger, Arthur Kelyev, right wing prospect who went to Harvard with Sean Farrell, Alex Lafreniere, and center Alex Turcott. If you want to roll the dice, try that on. Because Dvorak and Anderson have never, from day one, even remotely fit in Montreal. And Dvorak's injury history in the last couple of years, along with Josh Anderson's just basic disappearance. I mean, Anderson gets an A for effort. It's not like the guy is not trying, but let's be honest here. The guy's a ghost. And every year, this is the time of year that everybody's like, oh my God, we got to get Josh Anderson. He's a huge heavyweight, prototypical power forward. Let him go. And you know what? Anderson and Turcotte would one-on-one be a great exchange. Anderson to a more veteran team is a veteran player can slot right in on the line and maybe find some immediate chemistry and won't be intimidated by the league, by attendance of fans, expectations and Alex Turcotte right there in that bracket of 20 years old to 22 years old has played in U.S. hockey. I believe might have even played with Cole Caulfield. There's some chemistry. He's of that same age that fits the Montreal mold and they can all grow together. Now, if you need to sweeten that pot, throw in a Jacob Olofsson. You might even consider throwing in an Oliver Kapanen. But that is a legitimate trade that brings, by the way, three 22-year-olds to the Montreal Canadiens and can let them gel in the same age. And for all those people, it's like, oh my God, man, how many draft picks are they going to continue to acquire? How many more do they need? No draft picks, prospects, existing prospects. But again, I would not trade away any of the Owen Becks, Emil Heinemans, Philip Massars, Joshua Roy, Lane Hudson, Logan Mylou, David Reinbacher, Sean Farrell, Luke Touch. Those are all prospects that Montreal has, along with Evgeny Vulikin and Jacob Fowler in goal, that sets Montreal up for an amazing near future and a roster that will be iced better than most in the league and be competitive for over a decade. You can't give away your fundamental talent if you expect to go anywhere. If these kinds of transactions and trading away all of that talent were to occur, it would destroy the organization. And here's a question. Two teams very similar in the build process right now are the Montreal Canadiens and the Nashville Predators. And nobody is relentlessly badgering or hounding the Nashville Predators. They're letting them quietly do their job, assemble their talent, and before you know it, just like they've been for virtually the entire time they've been in the league, they will be once again very competitive. That is just amazing to me, the difference in how people view different teams. Here's another trade. You want to trade for a young prospect? You want top six offensive talent? What would a trade for, say, a Justin Baran to the Winnipeg Jets for Brad Lambert look. And again, if you had to throw in somebody else in there, throw in a Jacob Olsen, Oliver Kapanen, somebody like that. European players have had great success in Winnipeg. Winnipeg needs youth. 
and defensive depth, Montreal needs top six talent on the offense. Perfect. It works perfectly in both those trade scenarios that I've proposed to the Los Angeles Kings and to the Winnipeg Jets. You want to make trades? Make trades like that that make sense and does not mortgage the team's future and specifically addresses need. But apparently the patience, the honeymoon period, whatever the hell somebody wants to call it, must be coming to an end because now everybody's like, oh, we got to speed this process up. No, you don't. You want to win and you want to win for a long time. And if you want to do that, you need to let this process play out and take its time and do it right. It's amazing to me the things that surprise people. And here's another one. Apparently, a lot of people are like, can you believe that Logan Mylou is leading the AHL defenseman in scoring? Yeah, it's not surprising. Did anybody pay attention to his career with the London Knights in the OHL? He was an offensive quarterback to their team. His concern or the concern about him was, was his defensive game as good? and his thought process as far as how he thinks the game. And both have improved drastically. He will be in slot in as a number one or number two right-handed defenseman. Just a guess on my part, but as you look at how the defense is going to play out, it's starting to look pretty obvious who the pairings are going to be and where they're going to slot in. David Reinbacher, Lane Hudson seem to offset each other and complement each other exceptionally well. Logan Mylou and Caden Gooley seem to slot in, can eat up minutes just like Reinbacher and Hudson can do, and play off each other really well. And finally, Jaden Struble and Arbor Jackeye. Physical presence, defensive proudness, offensive ability when needed can join the play. Great transition, no lacking of skating compared to the other four, and they're going to pair really well unfortunately that leaves a lot of other prospects that are going to be on the outside looking in but again you have injuries you have trades you have players that move on and things like that and i'm not saying anything that that is prevalent or pending but it happens so you've got a lot of prospects right now some of them are going to be role players some of them are going to be starters some are going to be replacements to others that leave for some reason whether it be injury trade whatever it is equally as entertaining now that the columbus blue jackets have fired their general manager yarrow kikalinen everybody's like oh jeff gordon's now gonna leave jeff gordon's gonna go to the columbus blue jackets well a couple of things first of all jeff gordon's under contract jeff gordon is in the 40 to 50 percent range of a rebuild with the original six organization that by the way he's always been a part of in the boston bruins new york rangers and Montreal Canadiens there's something about him that likes original six innate real hockey markets and that's where he's at I can't imagine him leaving for that but that being said yes he was good friends with John Davidson but I think Jeff Gordon to guard against damaging his own reputation would have to say yeah sorry I I'm already committed I'm good where I'm at not to mention the fact Jeff Molson I don't think is going to allow the Columbus Blue Jackets to talk to him and he shouldn't Jeff has sunk a lot of money a lot of time and a lot of his own assets into this rebuild has brought in a great group of people and I don't think he has any interest at all in breaking it up or see it broken up and number four six eight whatever it is on the list of reasons that he's not going to leave is he brought in kent hughes and convinced kent hughes to walk away from a very very successful player agent business that he was making a butt ton of money doing and i don't think that would be very ethical at all to ask one guy to walk away from what he was doing because he was your right hand man your choice as GM all along and now you suddenly walk out on him and the team 
that wouldn't be cool at all, let alone not professional, not ethical. And I think Jeff Gordon is all of that. I think he's a very ethical, very professional person, and I don't think would do things like that. That would be almost disgraceful and a total, complete lack of professionalism and integrity, and I don't think he's going to do that. But unfortunately, the really sad part is there's a group of people out there that want to have chaos, unsettled, or disruptive type behavior just to cause apprehension and unsettledness, which again, falls under the wow, how pathetic scenario. I mean, I don't know why anybody would try to create that environment. It has no professionalism, no integrity, and just lacks character completely. It really does. It just screams out incompetence. It really does. However, leaving all that aside and moving on to something more positive, it has been absolutely fantastic to hear that Kirby Doc is ahead of schedule. He's already skating. Not with the team, but skating individually and is strengthening his knee and everything is not only on course or on time, but ahead of time. And that is fantastic because I think he's going to be 100% recovered and ready to hit the ice and light it up in 24-25, which again is one of the reasons why I keep saying to all these people, it's like, no, they don't need a center. You've got centers. Unfortunately, Doc got injured in game two of the season and by the way speaking of doc being injured in game two of the season this year alex newhook has recently come back and has played well but is exactly proving my point where everybody's like oh let's make alex newhook a center no he's a fill-in center that ability he has but he is a right wing in the national hockey league he is not a center but the weird part about all these people that want to make him a center and do all these last minute trades doesn't everybody want montreal to get the best draft pick possible in 2024 i mean if you look at the last five games right now that they've all lost they're on a five game losing streak they're heading into the top five of the draft and that's kind of where you want them to be right now. All these people that want to acquire all these other players is like, oh yeah, but we want to see Montreal slip into the playoffs and just get there because anything can happen in the playoffs. Yeah, but if they finish 15th or 16th and back their way into the playoffs, that means they are going to get a horrendously bad draft position. They're not going to get the player that can help them nearly as much. And unless all the dominoes were to fall amazingly well and in their favor, they're not winning the cup this year. As we've talked about in the past, even if they acquired Connor McDavid himself is not enough to put this team in position to win the cup. Would he be a great asset? Absolutely. Would he be an amazing addition to the team? Yes, he'd be electrifying and bring fans out of their seats. But the goal in Montreal isn't just to win games, it's to win the cup. The bar is higher in that city than it is everywhere else. Now, also, let's take a moment to discuss some really exciting prospects that are coming very soon that we talked about a little bit earlier in Lane Hudson at Boston University and David Reinbacher. Undoubtedly, as their seasons come to an end, they will undoubtedly have people go, oh, we got to see him in Montreal. We got to see him in Montreal. I say ship them both to Lavelle. When Lane Hudson's season is over in Boston University and David Reinbacher's season is over in Austria, send them to Lavelle. Arguably, you could say bring them up in April so they have a few games under their belt and it's not a total new thing and they've already had that first wow factor and surprise and everything that's associated with just starting in the NHL behind them. That might be beneficial, but I wouldn't bring them up before April 1st at the very, very 
earliest, which means they're going to play probably between five and eight games at that point. That's enough of a sample for the season. Let them go to the AHL and let them develop and slowly migrate from one level to the other so it's not a in-your-face overwhelming scenario all at once continuing on with topics of surprise apparently everybody's like oh my god Yuri Slavkovsky's become such a great player yeah because the team took their time with him they brought him along at a pace they felt not what fans felt not anybody else outside the organization what the organization felt was the right pace with the right amount of time with the right players and now it's paying off rather than just in your face we expect everything of you wasn't going to happen that way unless you want to destroy a prospect and like i've said in previous episodes not all first overall picks come in like mcdavid Sidney crosby steven stamkos mario lemieux those are exceptions most take time jack eichel took time lots of players have taken time not everything is immediate this instant gratification crap has got to be thrown in the trash can and as we're talking about players and developments and seasons that they have i have a feeling unfortunately there'll be a big outcry at the end of the season regarding rafael harvey pernard it's unfortunately starting to look like brendan gallagher take two in a lot of ways fortunately that started off very positive by everybody going oh he's a improved version of brendan gallagher well unfortunately they are just about exactly physically identical and the game is starting to take its impact on Pinard, just like it has just ruthlessly destroyed Gallagher the injuries are starting to pile up he's out more and more the game is just really physically demanding and durability is going to be an issue for him and unfortunately there are so many prospects and so many people waiting to take roster spots it's going to be a numbers game i don't see him after this season fitting in i see him as a role player i see him as that guy that can pop in and out of the lineup but from a durability and competition standpoint it's just unfortunately the timing isn't going to work in his favor i really don't think it's going to now regarding a player who has had an outstanding season in montreal their captain nick suzuki but i read an article recently that stated he is organically growing as a leader what is he some kind of plant who uses the word organic to describe someone's growth didn't we used to call that he's maturing he's improving his leadership skills are enhanced who uses the word organic outside of like the agricultural industry how does that even make sense it's like oh he's an he's a very organic person or he's organically growing what is he getting miracle grow plant food sprayed on him i don't understand everybody's needs to like take words that we've used for decades well we need to update those or make them sound neater no actually we don't let's just call it as it is he's maturing and growing as a leader that's the accuracy and that's the simplicity of it so people can relate to it things like that are just so unnecessary and have so little relevancy in society i don't know if that's somebody's way of like oh i'm gonna be the one that was noted of you know fill in the blank and you're kind of like wow that's kind of pathetic now as we wrap up episode 90 let's end with the trade deadline and players that i hope will be moving on to other organizations and i wish them well but montreal definitely has to continue sweeping some people out and making room for younger prospects and those are 
be Josh Anderson's, Christian Dvorak's, Tanner Pearson, Joel Armia, Jake Allen, and two people that seem to be drawing both a lot of interest, but also a lot of controversy, are David Savard and Mike Matheson. They are both important leaders to the Montreal Canadiens. They're both having really, really solid seasons, especially if you throw away the plus-minus statistic, because that's not very good for either one of them. But they're minute-munching and they're mentoring components to the team. Unfortunately, if not this year, especially next year when you think of the logjam you currently have on defense and that it's been hard to find a consistent spot for Jordan Harris, which is unfortunate. He's been better than the defenseman Montreal have had for a long time, but unfortunately now he's part of a great group of prospects that he's kind of getting pushed out. But if you already consider you have Kovacevic, Caden Gooley, Arbor Jacki, Jordan Harris, Jaden Struble, and you're Shortly, by opening game next year, going to also have Logan Mylou, Lane Hudson, and David Reinbacher. Ah, you got a problem. Because now when you add Savard and Mike Matheson to that group, that's 10 defensemen. So if Montreal was able to leverage one of Mike Matheson or David Savard for an outstanding package in return, I say make the trade. I think they're great defensemen. Normally I would say don't trade them. But again, you've got people ready to come in. You've got people legitimately ready to take ownership of the roster spot, not just because they should or anything else like in the past. They are actually ready. And notice one player I didn't mention any of that. You also have Justin Baran. I don't think Justin Baran is going to make it. I think Jonathan Kovacevic is a better defenseman than Justin Baran is. So if you're going to keep one of the right-handed defensemen, I'd keep Kovacevic. He's bigger, stronger. He hasn't had the injuries that a lot of players have had. He's definitely more consistent. He's definitely more reliable than Savard or Justin Baran are. And undoubtedly, there'll be people that argue with that, but all you got to do is look at Savard's injury history, unfortunately, and Justin Baran's inconsistently. Again, sometimes Baran, wow, what a player. A lot of nights you're kind of like, huh, it's a lot of inconsistency still. On that note, thank you for tuning into episode 90 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I'm your host, Steven Stiles. Have a fantastic week.